The Book of Enoch, found within the Dead Sea Scrolls, quoted by Jude, taught from by Peter and our Messiah. This great text was preserved for the end times generation, a guidebook for those coming out of Mystery Babylon, coming out of Egypt and her ways into the true service of our Elohim. Join us as we read through and study this amazing gift line by line. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Book of Enoch line-by-line -line series. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. This is part 14. We're going to be talking about chapters 52 through 57 of the Book of Enoch. And there's a lot of different topics in uh, these chapters, but the main kind of focus of this is the destruction of the kings of the earth. Well, who are the kings of the earth today? Uh, many of us have come to understand that there are some wicked people behind the scenes that are ruling everything. Secret societies, Illuminati, New World Order, Bilderberg Group, whatever you want to call them. The so-called elite of this world. That's who the kings of the earth are. And we know that many of these people are part of the same secret societies, right? The brotherhood that runs the world behind closed doors. So today at the Book of Enoch, we're going to see the righteous judgment and vengeance of the Most High. Because these people have been perpetrating wickedness throughout the world for a long time. But there is going to come a day where that's all going to end. And we're going to see it with our eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Most High, we come before you and bless you in your son, Yahushua's name. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your word. Thank you for him offering himself for us that his blood may cleanse us, the blood of the spotless lamb. Father, we thank you for opening our eyes to truth in these last days, the days where knowledge is increased and many are going to and fro. We love you. May you open an eyes and ears through this study, and we bless you, and please bless us, Father, in Messiah Yahushua's mighty name. Amen and hallelujah. So let's, uh, let's get to it, but before you do that, let's do a little shofar. Okay, so here we are at Enoch uh, 52, and just in case you're stumbling across this one and haven't seen the rest of our study, uh, we're literally going through the entire book of Enoch just line by line, slowly but surely, uh, trying to glean everything that we can from this book, um, which it, said, it starts out saying, Enoch is writing this book not for this generation, but for a remote one, a future distant generation that will be living in the day of the tribulation when the sinners and the godless are to be removed. And we're going to be reading quite a bit about that today. Because, you know, when we research these things and find out that these people, what they're doing behind the scenes, especially with like what they do with children, it just it's just, it's sickening. It's sickening. And it's just like, these are some of the questions of people like, oh, well, you know, if these people are allowed to do these things, you know, how could there be a God? Well, here's the thing. They're going to have their day. And it's going to be a rough day. 
And we're going to read about that today because he will execute vengeance on them. And we're going to read about that today. And it's going to be rough. So let's start out um, chapter 52. And this is about the seven the seven mountains. Um, we actually discussed this quite a bit, this chapter uh, in a previous, ver- uh, this is what, uh, part six, when we literally spent an hour and a half on just chapter 24, which talked about the seven mountains, which related to the seven mountains of the book of Revelation. Um, we referenced this chapter quite a bit, so we're not going to talk a whole lot about this chapter today, so we're going to kind of read through it. But if you'd like, uh, the the link for the playlist is in the description box, and you can go back and uh, watch part six if you'd like. Enoch 52. And after those days in that place where I had seen all the visions of that which is hidden, for I had been carried off in a whirlwind, and they had borne me towards the west. There my eyes saw all the secret things of heaven that shall be, a mountain of iron, and a mountain of copper, a mountain of silver, a mountain of gold, and a mountain of soft metal, and a mountain of lead. And I asked the angel who went with me, saying, What are these which I have seen in secret? And he said unto me, All these things which you have seen shall serve the dominion of his anointed, that he may be potent and mighty on the earth. So when our Messiah, Husha, rules from New Jerusalem for a thousand years, he's going to be very wealthy, of course. Would you think it'd be any other way? And that angel of peace answered, saying unto me, Wait a little, and there shall be revealed unto you all the secret things which surround Yahweh Sabaoth. And these mountains which your eyes have seen, the mountain of iron, the mountain of copper, the mountain of silver, the mountain of gold, the mountain of soft metal, and the mountain of lead, all these shall be in the presence of the elect one as wax. And one thing that we mentioned, um, mountains are like people who are exalted. Could be uh, spiritual exaltation, could be like these powers and principalities, uh, as we discussed, or could literally be the ruling elite, the so-called elite kings of the earth um so whatnot but it's basically saying that these mountains these exalted ones shall be in the presence of our messiah the elect one as wax what happens when you have wax in the fire right just melts it's wax before the fire and like the water which streams down from above upon those mountains and they shall become powerless before his feet and it shall come to pass in those days that none shall be saved either by gold or by silver and none shall be able to escape so it doesn't matter what these so-called kings of the earth have been convinced of by well the father of lies himself it doesn't matter what they think doesn't matter how much wealth they amass themselves it doesn't matter how many weapons or weapons of whatever destruction that they think they have um you know it's interesting this is for another study but if you weren't aware hollywood is getting the public to be ready to fight messiah when he comes back and that's the whole agenda for aliens and like for example independence day is like it's like the, the their like go to it's like their main playbook, right? You have this massive ship city thing that comes down ready to take over the earth. Right? What's what's Messiah gonna do when he comes here? He's gonna come down with his big city and take over the earth. And it's you know, shows all the nations that had problems with each other, put down their problems and get together and, and come against him. Anyways, so it doesn't matter what kind of weapons they think that they're gonna have and whatever. And you even see in those movies, right, the like the technology just doesn't even won't even phase it. But of course then they find some tricky plan and so they they they're they're getting the the public emotionally 
uh, invested in thinking that they'll be able to take down this superior technology, which it'll be impossible, right? The book of Revelation tells us how that goes when the kings of the earth try to make war with the lamb, right? The lamb overcomes them because he's king of kings, right? And master of masters. So, but it says none shall be able to escape either by gold or silver. It doesn't matter how rich they are. They're not going to be able to buy their way out. And we're going to see here when Messiah comes, some of these kings are going to be like, oh, and they're going to beg and it's going to be too late. He's going to say, uh-uh, away with you. And there shall be no iron for war, nor shall one clothe oneself with a breastplate. This is talking about the thousand-year reign. Bronze shall be of no service, and tin shall be of no service, and shall not be esteemed, and lead shall not be desired. And all these things shall be denied and destroyed from the surface of the earth when the elect one shall appear before the face of Yahuwah Sabaoth. The elect one in this book is talking about Messiah, uh, Lord of Spirits, uh, a.k.a. Yahuwah Sabaoth, or Yahuwah of Spirits. It's talking about the Father. So, um... When he comes, doesn't matter who they are, if they if they didn't believe in him, they didn't worship him, they didn't acknowledge him, it's going to be over for them. So, um, well, we'll talk about it here in a second. So that, that's enough with 52, because I said, like I said, we talked about chapter 52 quite a bit um, in part six. All right, now chapter 53. There mine eyes saw a deep valley with open mouths, and all who dwell on the earth and the sea and the island shall bring to him gifts and presents and tokens of homage, but that deep valley shall not become full. Right? And so after Messiah comes and destroys quite a bit of people, I mean that's just gonna be the day the you know, the day of Yah, aka the day of the Lord. That's what's gonna happen. A lot of people are gonna die. He's coming with vengeance and fury. And many will perish that day. Many. But after that happens, and New Jerusalem is settled, the nations are going to bring stuff and be like, here, we're here to serve. And their hands commit lawless deeds, and the sinners devour all whom they lawlessly oppress. Yet the sinners shall be destroyed before the face of Yahweh Sebaot. And they shall be banished from off the face of his earth, or his land, it could be translated that way. And they shall perish forever and ever. For I saw all the angels of punishment abiding there and preparing all the instruments of Satan. And I asked the angel of peace who went with me, for whom are they preparing these instruments? And he said unto me, they prepare these for the kings and the mighty of this earth, that they may thereby be destroyed. So <clears throat> we're going to be talking more specifically about this and what's coming for them. But, you know, it's just like, it's just like Pharaoh in Egypt, right? And all of his um, officers and taskmasters. It's like they had their time over the Israelites for a period. But one day in an instant, it's gone. Just like that, right? And they got their due reward with all the plagues, especially the firstborn, all his, you know, his army going into the, the Red Sea to chase them, being destroyed. When, it, when Yah comes down and acts, when our Messiah comes back and acts, it's over for these people. They have their time right now, right? But it's going to be but a whisper when all this happens. So I'm saying these things to take courage because their time is now, our time is coming. That is for people that have faith in the Most High through His Son, Messiah, Yahusha. You may call Him a different name, Yeshua or... But the point is, if we're his people, truly, and we have faith, 
and we're walking in obedience. When that day comes, it's going to be joy for us and it's going to be sheer terror for them. Uh, we'll read more about the, the punishment of these kings and the mighty soon. <clears throat> and after this, the righteous and the elect one shall cause the house of his congregation to appear. Henceforth, they shall no more be hindered in the name of Yahweh Sabot. This may sound like, you know, New Jerusalem comes late, but this is talking about his house, his congregation, right? His people. And these mountains shall not stand as the earth before his righteousness, but the hills shall be as a fountain of water, and the righteous shall have rest from the oppression of the sinners. We've been talking about this um, separation over the last couple of weeks, couple of uh, portions here, um, that when this day comes, there's a separating. There's going to be sheer terror for some people, and it's going to be joy and rest and peace for others. And so it's like, what side are we going to be on, right? All right, let's take a look at a couple of verses here pertaining to this, pertaining to the, the kings, the mighty, they're being, them being prisoned and shackled and tortured or destroyed, if you will, and joy and singing and happiness for his people. Just letting you know that like, no matter what you're going through, because I tell you what, I hear from a lot of you and most of us are going through something. And just to know it's going to be all worth it, all worth it. Every moment, every tear, everything. Psalm 149, praise Yahuwah. Sing to Yahuwah a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For Yahuwah takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of Elohim be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples. That's right. His people are going to be... They're going to be the weapons of warfare. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise Yahuwah. I don't know about you brothers and sisters, but I know what side of these things I'd like to be on. That's why we got to get our life straight. That's why we have to take this walk seriously. That's why we have to walk in holiness. Follow peace with all men and righteousness without which no one will see Yahuwah. Hebrews 12 14 Revelation 21 26 they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations top Revelation 21 26 talking about New Jerusalem right all the the riches will be brought to it just like we read in, in Enoch 52 <clears throat> uh, Isaiah 61 through 11 arise shine for your light has come and the glory of Yahuwah is risen upon you for behold darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples but Yahuwah will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and the nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together they come to you your sons shall come from afar <clears throat> and your daughters shall be carried on the hip 
Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned unto you. And we know the sea in the book of Revelation is defined as the nations, the multitudes, the peoples shall be turned unto you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come, right? So all the uh, Arab nations, uh, that's what this is describing here. They shall... um, they shall bring gold and incense. Uh, this is all the surrounding nations, Sheba, right? Ethiopia. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of Yahuwah. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar and I'll beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastland shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring your children from afar, their silver and their gold with them, for the name of Yahweh your Elohim, and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. And this is talking about, of course, um, uh, cause the, the house of his congregation to appear, right? With the destruction of the kings and the um, basically what people call the second exodus. Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister unto you. So <clears throat> it's going to be like a role reversal. The kings and the mighty, most of them will probably be destroyed and punished, but the rest of them, right, will be in servitude to New Jerusalem, to Messiah and his kingdom. And of course, those that are worthy to enter. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I've had mercy on you. Your gates shall be opened continually, day and night shall not be shut, that the people may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. That's going to be a sight to see, will it not? Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O Elohim, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people. See how this is kind of starting to make sense? talking about Enoch 52 with the mountains and the hills in righteousness may he defend the cause of the poor of the needy give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor may they I'm sorry may they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations may he be like rain that falls on the mown grass like showers that water the earth in his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more may he have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth May the desert tribes bow down before him. This is what we're just reading right now. And the enemies lick the dust. Oh, man. I tell you what. <clears throat> I got to stop here. We'll read this again in a second. Micah 7, 16 through 17. The nations shall see and be confounded in all their might. This is, of course, when Messiah, who should comes and gathers his people. They shall lay their hand upon their mouth. Their ears shall be death. They're going to be like, like you always see in the movies when the, the, you know, when the aliens come. Oh. <gasps> They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like the worm of the earth. And they shall be afraid of Yahweh Elohim and shall fear because of you. May the desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all the kings fall down before him and all nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May the gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all the day. 
when's the last time we blessed and praised him? Well, I guess maybe about 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Let's take 10 seconds right now. Let's silently all pray and give praise and blessings to him. Let's give blessings to the Most High and his son, Messiah Husha, who redeemed us. Let's do individually 10 seconds. And all the people said, Amen. All right. May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the top of the mountains, may we may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be, may, I'm sorry, may people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be Yahweh, the Elohim of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse are ended all right let's uh <clears throat> let's keep going okay um oh, okay so we actually we finished uh 53 let's go on to 54 uh enoch 54 and i looked and turned to another part of the earth and saw there a deep valley with burning fire this is, we saw this in last chapter too. And they brought the kings and the mighty and began to cast them into this deep valley. And there my eyes, how they made these their instruments, iron chains of immeasurable weight. And I asked the angel of peace who went with me saying, for whom are these chains being prepared? And he said unto me, these are being prepared for the hosts of Azazel so that they may take them and cast them into the abyss of complete condemnation. And they shall cover their jaws with rough stones as Yahweh Sebaot has commanded. And Michael and Gabriel and Raphael and Phanuel shall take hold of them on that great day and cast them on that day into the burning furnace, that Yahuwah Sebaot may take vengeance on them for their unrighteousness and becoming subject to Satan and leading astray those who dwell on the earth. That's going to be a rough day. So, uh, first of all, uh, here we can see that <clears throat> Azazel is Satan. We talked about this in our earlier chapters. Um, and, you know, that's... That's what's that's what's rough here to consider is you know people like Bill Gates and well the Pope and um, the Rothschilds and all these different people right the Duponts and the Ted Turners of the world these people they're people it may not seem like they have a soul but they do these are people that have been have become subject to Satan and have been led astray and are leading the world astray. And, you know, I don't know about you. Years ago, my journey began in maybe 2012, but it wasn't until maybe 2014, 2015, I started learning um, about how the world worked. And, you know, <clears throat> it was actually interesting <laughs> I worked for I worked for a gentleman and um, you know he kind of took me under his wing and he'd always he'd always talk to me and sit like this with his hands like this and he always had this ring and I just I always looked at it and I'm like okay whatever I never knew what it was well one day I was finally like I was like I was like so and so I'm gonna leave his name out so and so what is that ring what is that symbol 
And he's like, ah, I've been waiting for you to ask me. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, he's like, I'm a Freemason. I'm like, what does that mean? I didn't even have no even clue what that even meant. I was so oblivious to everything. And uh, he was telling me about it. And um, and he invited me to join. I'm like, well, I don't, really know, I don't even know what it is, right? But, you know, he was basically explaining that it was a good old boy system, you know, and judges and police officers and lawyers and, you know, everybody in the city is connected, you know, and we're all connected. He's like, we're all connected in a brotherhood. Because his ring, it was a the square and compass thing. And so I asked about it. And um, he invited me. And I'm like, well, let me like research this a little bit. And so I started researching about it. And that led me to like, you know, the the ruling elite behind the scenes. And Adam Weishaupt and, you know, the Illuminati and... <laughs> So being invited into this is what, uh, and I, of course, never joined. Uh, yeah, but um, it was interesting that when I started researching this, I started getting mad. I was mad at these people. And, you know, there is such thing as righteous anger. There is. But I think we're at a time where, you know, with our Messiah's renewed teachings. I say renewed teachings. He, he came to show us the fullness of the Torah. And... You know, for the longest time, I held a lot of anger for these people. But I think the longer I've been in this walk and more of the fruit of the Spirit's been allowed to, to show forth, you know, joy, peace, uh, self-control, all these different things. But like having peace, having peace knowing that, you know, this is out of our control at this point, you know. We are called to expose evil, so there's nothing wrong with exposing these different things. But when we let it overtake us, and it's like, what am I trying to say here? You know, it's the Most High that has allowed these people to go astray. They've they've given people free will, freedom of choice, and has allowed everyone to either serve Him or serve themselves, or serve the devil, or whoever they want to serve, right? That's the beauty of the choice of life that he's given us. And, you know, when Messiah said, pray for your enemies, it's, that's kind of like, that's uh, pretty deep. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to pray for your enemies. And I'm not sitting here saying, maybe, you know, pray for all these people. Maybe, but maybe. Because at the end of, these day, end of the day, what's coming for these people, which we're getting ready to read, is so bad that, well, I'll just, well, I guess we'll just read it. I think we need to be in a place of not even holding hatred for people like this. Because, and I'm not sitting here like, oh, like, go be their best friend. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But I think it just comes with spiritual maturity that to not hold hatred even for these so-called elite, the New World Order, the Illuminati, these people who are doing unrighteousness, abominations. You know, the book of Ezekiel chapter 9 talks about people who sigh and weep because of all the abominations done in their city. Maybe we'll be like those people. Maybe we'll pray. Maybe we'll maybe we'll take to that kind of warfare. Prayer warriors. That Yah would protect, you know, the innocent and the weak, the children, and all these other sick things that people do behind the scenes. How they're killing people with pharmacia with sorcery right with 
a terrible education system that's just brainwashing. I mean, just it just goes so deep. A different type of slavery, a spiritual slavery. Anyways, killing people with fake food. I mean, they're just it, there's like no sector of this world that's untouched except for our walk with our maker, with our creator, with our savior and his word. Sure, they've tried to corrupt that with terrible translations and taking out books and whatever, but the Most High through His Spirit is still able to penetrate all those devices, and He's woken you up. You wouldn't be here watching this unless you've been woken up in some way, shape, or form. You may be an old a veteran. You may have woken up in the 80s, right? Or you may have been awake for six weeks, five days, whatever, but you're here. The Most High has woken you up and plucked you out of the world and said, "You know what? Don't be, don't, don't walk with them. Walk with me. Read my Word. Believe in my Son. Whatever he's, however he said. I can't speak for him. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, my point is, these people are getting theirs, and we know how this ends, and we see that here. Right? They're being." <clears throat> they're being thrown into this deep valley, cast in this deep valley of fire and torture and chains, right? Complete condemnation. Cast them into the abyss of complete condemnation. And they shall cover their jaws with rough stones. Take hold of them in that day and cast them into the burning furnace that he may take vengeance on them. So they're going to get theirs. And we're going to read about that here in a bit. Revelation 19, 19-21, I saw the beast, beast system if you want to call it, or literally the beast, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he deceived them which had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. <clears throat> These were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. What do you think that's going to feel like? You think that's going to be a good day for them? And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. What about all those that are with him? They have their two-edged sword as well. So, <clears throat> right now is not our time of vengeance. Right now is not our time of vengeance. It's not. It reminds me of a story we can find in the book of Jasher, uh, 75 where I think it's a 20,000 or 30,000 from Ephraim were like, you know, wanted to leave Egypt three years too soon and wanted to take matters into their own hand. They're all killed, all destroyed. We got to wait on him. Our time, I say our time, you know. There's tons of passages that show his people are the weapons of warfare, the weapons of indignation against the unrighteous world. Their time's coming. <clears throat> we got to do our part, which is to walk in faith and obedience and humility, humble, praying for our enemies, doing good to those that persecute us. So while it's, while it's totally, totally in our job description, if you will, to expose evil, sitting there hating these people and hating on them and talking trash about them. Oh boy, I don't think that's what we're supposed to be doing. All right, let's read 7 through 10. And 
what's interesting about the book of Enoch, it's it's a bunch of different fragments put together for one compilation. So here's the, so it's, this goes on to a whole new topic now. Verse 7 through 10, and this is talking about the the first uh, destruction of the world, the flood. And in those days, punishment shall come from Yahweh Sabaoth. So when it says in those days, it's not talking about the same days as the the kings of the earth being thrown into the fire. This is a different time, a different uh, fragment. And in those days, punishment shall punishment come from Yahweh Sabaoth, and he will open all the chambers of waters which are above the heavens and the fountains which are beneath the earth. You know, and that's another thing, you know, about how the wicked one has just lied about everything. You know, it, if we are, well, how does science explain in the astronomy that they teach that there's waters above the heaven and waters below the heaven? Has that ever, like, crossed your mind? <clears throat> we can see that, um, well, we can see that here in the very first page of our Bibles, Genesis 1. And Elohim said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And Elohim made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And Elohim called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Well, what is this firmament? Have you ever looked up what firmament means? It's a hard, solid surface. It's like a big arch. They've lied about everything, including about where we live and what it even looks like. If you're interested, if you go to our, um, we have a playlist called Biblical Cosmology. Just Go to the, the homepage, YouTube, and uh, click on uh, playlists and look for biblical cosmology if you're interested in learning about, learning more. All right. <clears throat> and all the waters shall be joined with the waters. So he's talking about the waters above the heavens and below, and he's basically opening all the, the, the chambers of waters. That which is above the heavens is the masculine, and the water which is beneath the earth is feminine. And they shall destroy all who dwell on the earth and those who dwell under the ends of the heaven. And when they have recognized their unrighteousness which they have wrought on the earth, then by these shall they perish. <clears throat> and we're going to see, it, back then, it was too late. The unrighteous, uh, we're going to look at the book of Jasher, we're going to read 11 through 23. The book of Jasher, if you're not familiar, uh, was mentioned in Joshua 10.13 and in Second uh, Samuel one, eighteen, I think. Um, so, anyways, we're gonna read that when this flood came, um, it was too late. It was too late for the wicked, and that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna read about it here in just, in just shortly. Joshua 6, verse 11. And on that day, Yahweh caused the whole earth to shake, and the sun darkened, and the foundations of the world raged. And the whole earth was moved violently, and the lightning flashed, and the thunder roared. And all the fountains in the earth were broken up, such as was not known to the inhabitants before. And Elohim did this mighty act in order to terrify the sons of men that they might be no more. there might be no more evil upon the earth. And this, is, this comes after 120 years of Noah and Methuselah, preaching for 120 years of hey turn from your sins otherwise this destruction's going to come on the earth and like yeah you're crazy old man and still the sons of men would not return from their evil ways and they increased the anger of Yahweh at that time and did not even direct their hearts to all this so all the, the crazy stuff that you know the lightning the floods and the earthquakes and all that they're like nah we'll still do what we want to do the book of Revelation says the same thing, right? The people that have the mark of the beast and the sores and they're like, they're still cussing at them and they still don't repent of all their deeds. 
At the end of seven days, in the six hundredth year of the life of Noah, the waters of the flood were upon the earth, and all the fountains of the deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty, forty nights. And Noah and his household and all the living creatures that were with him came into the ark on account of the waters of the flood, and Yahweh shut him in. And all the sons of men that were left upon the earth became exhausted through evil on account of the rain, for the waters were coming more violently upon the earth, and the animals and beasts were still surrounding the ark. This is this in this story. There was uh, lots of um, lots of animals that uh, came, but only you know certain were were selected, and the rest you know kind of were just around the ark protecting it. And the sons of men assembled together, about seven hundred thousand men and women. They came unto Noah into the ark, and they called to Noah, saying, "Open for us that we may come into you into the ark. Why shall we die?" And Noah, with a loud voice, answered them from the ark, saying, Have you not all rebelled against Yahuwah, and said that he does not exist? And therefore Yahuwah brought upon you this evil, to destroy and cut you off from the face of the earth. Is this not the thing that I spoke to you of 120 years back, and you would not hearken to the voice of Yahuwah? And now do you desire to live upon the earth? And they said unto Noah, We are ready to return to Yahuwah, only open to us, that we may live and not die. And Noah answered, saying, Behold, now that you see the trouble of your souls, you wish to return to Yahuwah. Why did you not return during these 120 years, which Yahuwah granted you as a determined period? But now you come and tell me this on account of the troubles of your souls. Now also Yahuwah will not listen to you, neither will he give ear to you on this day, so that you will not now succeed in your wishes. So it's just going to be too late. And there's going to be a time for the, the, the kings and the mighty. It's going to be too late for them one day. When that when New Jerusalem comes and that door is shut, it's over. Same thing for even people that call upon him. We read about it in, in uh, Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. Not everyone that calls me, you know, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come to me in that day, saying, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name have done many wonderful works? And then he's going to say unto them, Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, you lawless people. You're out of here. But we have time now. And you may be saying to yourself, well, how do, how do I keep the law? What do I do? Playlist section, the basics. It'll help you out. All right. Let's, um, <clears throat> 54. Here's where it gets really interesting. And after that, the head of days repented and said, in vain have I destroyed all who dwell on the earth. And he swore by his great name henceforth. So from this time forward, I will not do so to all who dwell on the earth. And I will set a sign in the heaven, and this shall be a pledge of good faith between me and them forever, so long as heaven is above the earth. And this is in accordance with my command. Here, this is interesting. You may have missed it. So basically, this is recounting what we read in Genesis, that after Noah and his sons get off the ark uh, and, and their wives, that um, he makes this covenant. Yahweh makes this covenant with them, that I'm going to set the, the rainbow in the cloud, um, and I'm not going to destroy the earth, right? Here in the Enoch, we get a little more details, right? This shall be a good uh, pledge of good faith between me and them forever, so long as heaven is above the earth. Well, wait a minute. How does that make sense? Heaven is above the earth? Was Is heaven not going to be above the earth one day? Aha. Really interesting. Um, I can't even remember what part of the uh, study. Let's see. Actually, um, yeah, here we go. This part right here. Part 9, kingdom of heaven on earth. So one day, literally, heaven is going to be on earth. That's what happens. Read Revelation 12 for yourself. When Satan is cast out, at that time it says, now is salvation and the kingdom of our Elohim. 
literally heaven comes down to earth. That's when everything breaks loose. And that's when this pledge is over. That's when their time of the earth is over. And he's going to destroy the earth and destroy the sinners out of it. Just like all the movies try to depict these naughty, naughty aliens trying to depict, um, you know, the Most High and His Son as the enemies, which is not the case. He's the rightful owner and ruler of this world. He created it and everything in it. He said, follow me or die. Follow my ways or perish. That's his right. And I'll tell you what, as someone that used to walk in the world's ways and did whatever I wanted to, I'm here as a witness to tell you his ways are better than anyone's ways, than our own ways, than um, any type of religion's ways. His ways bring rest and delight to the soul. And I'll tell you what, the longer you're in the faith, you're in the faith when things come your way, he gives you that peace and joy no matter what. So, anyways, all right, um, let's keep going here. Actually, we'll just read that real quick. Uh, Revelation 12 passage. Revelation 12, 7 through 12. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found any more in heaven. A lot of people think that this already happened, that Satan was kicked out. But if this happened, you know, thousands of years ago, you know, how did Satan still have, you know, an opportunity to be in heaven and, and um, the whole Job scenario and, and whatnot? And we know that the devil is still against us every day, right? Um, deceiving the nations. Right? So, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation. So when he's kicked out, <clears throat> now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our Elohim, a physical kingdom coming down from heaven and the power of his Messiah for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our Elohim day and night. That's when this all happens. That's when heaven is no longer above the earth, but it's literally on earth. All right. When I have desired to take hold of them by the hand of the angels on the day of tribulation and pain, because of this, I will cause my chastisement, my wrath to abide upon them, says Elohim. Yahweh Sabot, you mighty kings who dwell on the earth, ye shall have to behold mine elect one, how he sits on the throne of glory and judges Azazel and all his associates and all his hosts in the name of Yahweh Sabot. So we see this, right? So when this happens so long as heaven is above earth so when that no longer happens when heaven comes down that's when everything happens and that's why that's the whole reason for this alien propaganda agenda stuff is that when this big city comes down from heaven everybody's gonna be like <gasps> right when that happens people are gonna be like ah and then of course when destruction starts happening they're like ah ah we need to band together and destroy this thing that's killing the earth and wants to enslave us and you know whatever <clears throat> but they're not going to be able to perceive him because they're listening to Satan's prophecies instead of his alright chapter 56 and I saw there the hosts of the angels of punishment going and they held scourges and chains of iron and bronze. And I asked the angel of peace who went with me, saying, To whom are these to hold the scourges going? 
And he said unto me, To their elect and beloved ones, that they may be cast into the chasm of the abyss of the valley. And then that valley shall be filled with their elect and beloved, and the days of their lives shall be at an end, and the days of their leading astray shall not be thenceforth reckoned. Let's read Isaiah 24. Behold, Yahweh will empty the earth and make it desolate, just like we see in these apocalyptic, apocalyptic movies. And he will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the slave, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the creditor, so with the debtor. The earth shall be utterly empty and utterly plundered, for Yahuwah has spoken this word. The earth mourns and withers, the world languishes and withers, the highest people of the earth languish. That's what he's talking about, right? The highest people of the earth languish. That's these kings and these mighty, these so-called elite. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, the Torah, broken the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse devours the earth. And that's <clears throat> written in Deuteronomy 28. The Torah is a blessing if you keep it and a curse if you don't. Praise be to our Messiah who broke the curse of it and gave us forgiveness for breaking his commandments, his Torah. But now that he's broken that, we just go right, or he's he's cleaned us, we go right back to breaking it. Elohim forbid, Romans 3.31. Right? Do we, do we therefore uh, continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we, who are dead to sin, live any longer in it? Sin is transgression of the law, the Torah, 1 John 3, 4. Therefore, a curse devours the earth and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are scorched and few men are left. Does this not sound like these apocalyptic movies? The wine mourns, the, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh. The mirth of the tambourines is stilled. The noise of the jubilant has ceased. The mirth of the lyre is stilled. No more do they drink wine with singing. Strong drink is better to those who drink it. The wasted city is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none can enter. There is an outcry in the streets for lack of wine. All joy has grown dark. The gladness of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the city. The gates are battered into ruins. For thus it shall be in the midst of the earth among the nations. As when an olive tree is beaten as at the gleaning when the grape harvest is done. <clears throat> so that's the that's the rough rough part for the inhabitants of the world who don't love him, don't love his son, and don't walk in his Torah. They lift up their voices, and this is for the good people. They lift up their voices. They sing for joy over the majesty of Yahuwah. They shout from the west. Therefore, in the east, give glory to Yahuwah. And the coastlands of the sea, give glory to the name of Yahuwah, the Elohim of Israel. From the ends of the earth, we hear songs of praise. Of glory to the righteous one. But I say, I waste away. I waste away what was me, for the traitors have betrayed. With betrayal, the traitors have betrayed. Terror and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. But not for the inhabitants of New Jerusalem. He who flees at the sound of the terror shall fall into the pit. We just read about that. And he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare, for the windows of heaven are opened and the fountain foundations of the earth tremble the earth is utterly broken the earth is split apart the earth is violently shaken the earth staggers like a drunken man it sways like a hut its transgressions lie heavy upon it and it falls and will not rise again on that day yahoo will punish the host of heaven in heaven the kings of the earth on the earth so this is talking about that revelation 12 scene we just saw and there was war in heaven 
On that day, Yahweh will punish the host of heaven in heaven and the kings of the earth on the earth. And they will be gathered together as prisoners in a pit. And they will be shut up in a prison. And after many days, they will be punished. Then the moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed. For Yahweh Sebaot reigns on Mount, Jar uh, Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. And his glory will be before his elders. What a day that will be. What side of that do you want to be on, brothers and sisters? Do you still have time? We still have time to repent and to walk in righteousness, to follow holiness, to be holy because he is holy, to be set apart because he set apart, to not walk in the ways of the wickedness of the world, but to walk in his ways, which are delightful when you actually do them. <clears throat> All right, so let's read um, 56, 5 through 8. And in those days, the angels shall return and hurl themselves to the east upon the Parthians and the Medes, and they shall, shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them, and they shall rouse them from their thrones, that they may break forth as lions from their lairs and as hungry wolves among their flocks, and they shall go up and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones, and the land of his elect ones shall be before them a threshing floor, threshing floor and a highway. But the city of my righteous ones shall be a hindrance to their horses." I will stop there, actually. <clears throat> this is an amazing passage. I want to read the Sefer version for you real quick. Uh, oh, here we go. So in this version, it says, In those days the angels shall return and hurl themselves. So, you know, for a long time, and, and I, this still may be the truth, a long time I was thinking that the angels that were punished, uh, the watchers that were punished, that came down and taught unrighteousness to when we talked about this in parts one, two, and three, thinking that maybe one day they'll be released from that and be able to come back and you know bring you know cause unrighteousness again. And, and um, the sefer though says something a little different. It's a little interesting. Then shall the angels combine together and conspire the chiefs of the east among the Parthians and the Medes, the Persians and the Medes. So what's interesting is we see. Um, we see this in the book of Daniel. Uh, the prince, the prince of Persia, withstood, you know, uh, Gabriel, uh, twenty-one days, <clears throat> and um, you know, I don't want to go into this this uh, rabbit hole today, but um, we learn through the book of Jasher, through the Aramaic uh, par uh, version of the Torah, um, in other through Psalm eighty-two, that there are seventy angels whatever i don't know exactly what class they are principalities powers maybe um that rule that have their own territory there's 70 nations the one the 70 nations that were split off at the tower of babel um when tower of babel split off we read about we read about this in the book of jasher um when the tower of babel split off the 70 angels came down with our messiah and split the people into 70 languages and at that point there was 70 nations that's why we see the prince of persia uh in 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 different um entities that rule in high places and that's what we read about in uh well we might as well just read it <clears throat> psalm 82 it says elohim stands in the congregation of the mighty and this is this is stands in the congregation of the elohim and this stands in the so basically god stands in the congregation of the gods he judges among the Elohim. How long will he judge unjustly? So these are talking about these unjust princes, these these um, angels that rule. 
they rule. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Right? And I have said, you are Elohim and all of you are the children of the Most High. These are angels. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O Elohim, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. So when the Tower of Babel happened, the 70 nations were split off. The 70 angels were given charge over them. And of course, they have their own ranks and structure down below. But the 71st nation was Abraham. And that was taken to be Yah's portion and not to be among the nations. He chose them from amongst the nations. Um, anyways, <clears throat> so point being is I think that this is maybe a better understanding is these maybe these 70 angels combine together and conspire. The chiefs of the east among the Parthians and the Medes shall remove kings in whom a ruach of perturbation shall enter. They shall hurl them from their thrones, springing as lions from their dens and like famished wolves into the midst of the flock. They shall go up and tread upon the land of their elect and the land of their elect shall be before them, the threshing floor, the path and the city of my righteous shall impede their horses. So this is interesting because this goes right into the plan that's been happening since the well, mid to late 1800s with the Zionistic movement. Everything changed in the late 1800s. Everything changed in the late 1800s. Let's take a look. Um, where is it? So first of all, we have to realize that Yah is in control of everything. Revelation 17, 12 through 17, talking about the kings and the mighty of this earth. And the ten horns which you saw are the ten kings which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Um it's interesting in the book of the apocalypse of Abraham it says one hour is a hundred years so take that for what it is these have one mind and shall give their power and their strength unto the beast they shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and then they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful sorry for those that are offended he is Adonai of Adonim or master of masters and he said unto me the waters which you saw which the horse sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For Elohim, so listen to this. For Elohim, this is our our, our father, has put in their hearts, so you want, you want to talk about Bill Gates and all these people, just like, you know, just like um, we read about in the, in the, the Exodus, the Exodus account, it said that Elohim hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, all he did was strengthen the evil, wicked thoughts that were already in his heart. So the Most High is already is strengthening these people to do what they want to do. For Elohim put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of Elohim shall be fulfilled. He's in control. Our Father is in control. And he's allowing this to happen to bring about the end times. So going back to this, <clears throat> the angels, just imagine if it's these 70 angels that rule, they rule. And as Psalm 82 said, they rule unjustly. I'm not condemning them. That's what the word says. They rule unjustly. They're conspiring together and basically stirring up the kings of the earth for a goal. And every, their goal has to do with the land of their elect. So all this is about. And you'll see that this is what their plan has always been about. All right, let's zoom in here. Uh, let's see. So Albert Pike, Illuminati, Freemason, 33rd degree, whatever. Uh, he 
whether he wrote this or not, somebody wrote it, and it's been their plan. So this is supposedly written in 1871. I'm here to tell you that everything changed in the late 1800s with Zionism, with the Westcott Hort revision, with the removing of the Apocrypha. It was just this was major changes. Check this out. Let me see if you guys can read all this. Okay, maybe I'll zoom in a little more. I don't know if you'll be able to see that on the screen. Aha. So <clears throat> this is a letter, right? Apparently written by Albert Pike, this Freemason. Even if it wasn't written by him, it was written by somebody that knew what was going on. Maybe even written by one of these angels, devils, I don't know. The First World War. So all this, so this is pertaining to what we're reading about right now. That these angels shall combine and conspire the chiefs of the East and among the Parthians and the Medes. They shall basically spring them into war. Right? They shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them and it shall rouse them from their thrones and they may break forth as lions from their lairs and as hungry wolves among their flocks. So this is about destruction. This is about war. The First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by the agent tour, the agents of the Illuminati between the British and Germanic empires, will be used to foment this war. At the end of the war, communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments in order to weaken the religions. So, uh, this is exactly what happened, right? This is exactly what happened. Students of history will recognize that the political alliances of England on one side and Germany on the other forged between 1871 and 1898 by Otto von Bismarck were instrumental in bringing about the First World War. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. Here it is. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that the political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine. This is what it's all about. This is all about the land of his elect ones. This is all about that land over there. During the Second World War, international communism must be strong enough in order to in order to balance Christendom, which would be then restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. After the Second World War, so this is now talking about it, communism was made strong enough to begin taking over weaker governments. In 1945, the Potsdam Conference between Truman, Churchill, and Stalin, a large portion of Europe was simply handed over to Russia, and on the other side of the world, the aftermath of the war with Japan helped to sweep the tide of communism into China. <clears throat> so all these were planned. All these wars were planned. And I believe by these angels combining to conspire. The Third World War must be fermented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agent tour of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical, economical exhaustion. That's what's starting. That's what's happening now. We we will we shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists. And we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which, in all its horror, will show clearly that the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with Christianity whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal but without knowing where to render its adoration will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of their master. 
brought finally out in public view, this manifestation will result from the general, general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. So um, this is, it's, <clears throat> you know, I read that just for reference. Um, it's very interesting. Whether that letter is true or not, it doesn't matter. That Those are the words of the enemies. That's their plans. And that's exactly how it's been carried out and will continue to carry out. And I do believe that... Um, it's full. It's been carried out, you know, un unfortunately, flawlessly. But that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Well, that's how it's prophesied to be, and that's exactly how it's supposed to be. And that land over there, um, if you're not familiar with the agenda behind the political state of Israel, again, go to our playlist section. There's a playlist called um, Political State of Israel. I'd highly recommend it because that's a huge deception over there. <clears throat> and so what's interesting is... When Messiah comes, he's going to come during wartime. And just like we said in earlier in Independence Day movie, all the nations put down their problems with each other and unite against the common threat. 2 Ezra 13.28-38 And as for his not holding a spear or weapon of war, this is talking about Messiah, yet destroying the onrushing multitude which came to conquer him, this is the interpretation. Behold, the days are coming when the Most High will deliver those who are on the earth, and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth. And they shall plan to make war against one another, city against city, place against place, people against people, and kingdom against kingdom. And when these things come to pass and the signs occur which I showed you before, then my son will be revealed, whom you saw as a man coming up from the sea. It's later explained why it's just a parable. He doesn't come up from the sea, he comes down from there. It says that uh, because he, as, as one cannot explore the depths of, the, of the, the sea, so no one can see my son except for his time of his revealing. And when all the nations hear his voice, every man shall leave his own land and the warfare that they have against one another. So basically people are going to put their problems down, right? And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as you saw desiring to come and conquer him. But he will stand on top of Mount Zion, New Jerusalem, and Zion, New Jerusalem, the real Zion, not the one over there, will come and be made manifest to all people prepared and built. So it's going to be a big old city coming out of the sky, right? Just like you see in these alien movies. As you saw the mountain carved without hands, and he, my son, will reprove the assembled nations for their ungodliness. This was symbolized by the storm and will reproach them to their face with their evil thoughts and the torments with which they are to be tortured, which were symbolized by the flames and will destroy them without effort by the law, the Torah, which was symbolized by the fire. Like I said before, these people are going to get theirs. And this is going to happen in the presence. <clears throat> Check this out. So we read all this, and the land of his elect ones shall be for them a threshing floor and a highway, but the city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses. Think about all the movies where like the planes come against it and shoot it, and like there's this barrier and they can't get through it, and it's a superior technology, and they're like, I don't get it. And they shall begin to fight amongst themselves, and the right hand shall be strong against themselves, and a man shall not know his brother, nor a son, his father, or his mother, till there be no number of the corpses through their slaughter, and their punishment be not in vain. In those days, Sheol, this is hell, shall open its jaws, and they shall be swallowed up therein, and their destruction shall be at an end, and Sheol shall devour the sinners in the presence of the elect. His righteous are going to see this, every moment of it. Every moment. Check this out. Enoch 62. We won't read all of it because we're going to be getting here in a week or two. Enoch 62. We'll just read a little passage. And all the kings, think of, so think about if you have if you have any anger against these people, let it go. Yah's going to deal with them. 
Watch this. Watch this. And all the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who rule the earth shall fall down before him on their faces and worship and set their hope upon that son of man. They're going to be like, ah, and petition him and supplicate for his mercy at his hands. Nevertheless, Yahweh Sabaoth will so press them that they shall go hastily from his presence and their faces shall be filled with shame and the darkness grow deeper on their faces. He will deliver them and he'll deliver them to the angels for punishment to execute vengeance on them because they have oppressed his children and his elect and they shall be a spectacle for the righteous and for his elect. Spectacle, something exhibited to view as unusual, notable, or entertaining, especially eye-catching or dramatic, a public display. There's going to be a spectacle made out of these people. Oops, I already have Psalm 91 up here. Psalm 91, 7-10, A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh to you. It won't come close to you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. You're going to see it. You're going to see the reward of these Bilderbergs and these, um, all these people. I've already said their names enough. You're going to see the reward. Because you have made Yahuwah, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation, there shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. This, I believe, this passage of Psalm 91 that a lot of people have been reciting, I believe it's a future thing, of course. You're going to see the reward of the wicked with your own eyes. Isaiah 66, 24, last verse in the Aramaic. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men, the sinners, who have rebelled against my word. For their souls shall not die, and their fire shall not be quenched, and the wicked shall be judged in Sheol, that's hell, till the righteous, listen to this, this is, and this is why I'm like, chill out. Till the righteous shall say concerning them, we have seen enough because you know what brothers and sisters i think it's going to be so awful for these people i think it's going to be so painful and so much torment right we're gonna be like oh ah enough enough we've seen enough their day is coming so let's get on our faces Let's pray for the innocent, for the weak in this world, even for all the people that are preyed upon by these people. Because their day is coming. Their day is coming. We read this earlier. Micah 7, The nations shall see and be confounded in all their might. They shall lay their hand upon their mouths, and their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. They shall be afraid of Yahuwah Elohim and shall fear because of you. Whew. Rough day. Rough day for them. All right, we're uh, almost finished here. <clears throat> I guess it'll be a short one today. Okay. So, and sinners shall be, shall, uh, I'm sorry, Sheol shall devour the sinners in the presence of the elect. Their day is coming. Last one, we're going we're gonna to finish up the second parable today. 57. And it came to pass, after this I saw another host of wagons and men riding thereon and coming on the winds from the east and from the west and the south. And the noise of their wagons was heard. And when this turmoil took place, the holy ones from heaven remarked at the saints. 
remarked it, and the pillars of the earth were moved from their place, and the sound thereof was heard from one end of heaven to the other in one day, and they shall fall down and worship Yahweh and this is the end of the second parable. So basically what we have here, um, we talked about this quite a bit in, uh, let's see, uh, the end times harvests. Uh, maybe the last portion. I think we talked about. Yeah, I think we maybe we talked about it last week. Yeah, we did talk about it last week. Um, last portion. So part thirteen. We talked about the end times harvest. We also talked about it quite a bit in our Revelation line by line series, um, where we talked about Revelation fourteen, the end. So just look up Revelation fourteen end times harvests, and I think you'll find it. We'll kind of touch on that real quick. I believe this is the wheat harvest. This I believe this is the second gathering. I believe the first gathering is um, the one hundred forty four thousand and the great multitude, the wise. And I believe um, the survivors um, and those also caught up, uh, you know, come in this uh, um, the second exodus here. Let's read a little bit. <clears throat> To Ezra 13, 39 through 55. And as for you, seeing him gather to himself another multitude that was peaceable, these are the ten tribes which were led away from their own land into captivity in the days of King Hosea whom Shalmaneser, the king of the Assyrians, left captive. He took them across the river, and they were taken into another land. But they formed this plan for themselves. They would leave the multitude of the nations and go to a more distant region where mankind had never lived, that there at least they might keep their statutes, which they had not kept in their own land. And they went in by the narrow passages of the Euphrates River. For at that time the Most High performed signs for them and stopped the channels of the river till they had passed over. Through that region there was a long way to go, a journey of a year and a half, and that country is called Arzareth. Some people say America. I tend to agree. Then they dwelt there into the last times, and now, when they are about to come again, the Most High will stop the channels of the river again, so that they may be able to pass over. <clears throat> Therefore, you saw the multitude gathered together in peace. But those who are left of your people, who are found within my holy borders, shall be saved. Therefore, when he destroys the multitude of the nations that are gathered together, he will defend the people who remain, and then he will show them very many wonders. <clears throat> and I said, O sovereign master, explain to me, why did I see the man coming up from the heart of the sea? He said to me, just as no one can explore or know what is in the depths of the sea, so no one on earth can see my son or those who are with him, except in the time of his day or his revealing. This is the interpretation of the dream which you saw, and you alone have been enlightened about this, because you have forsaken your own ways and have applied yourself to mine and have searched out my law, my Torah. And that is our duty, brothers and sisters. The Torah is a light. The Torah is a fountain of life. Our Messiah is literally the word of Elohim came come flesh. He is the Torah. He is the prophets. He is the writings. He is the gospels. He's all of it. He is revelation. He is the word. He is our king. We are to follow him and walk as he walked. First John chapter uh, two chapter first uh, John two six. He that said he he that says he abides in him or lives in him ought to himself also walk as he walked. And how did he walk? Obediently to the Torah. It may seem overwhelming at first. Like, well, how do I keep all the laws? How do I keep all the laws? There's 613 laws in the Torah. How do I keep them all? Did you know there's over 20,000 laws in America that you keep every day and you don't even know? What you'll find out when you search out the Torah, you'll find out you keep most of them anyways. What it comes down to is the ones that men changed. Like, what day is the day of rest? Is it the seventh day of the week or the first day of the week? Do we do Christmas and Easter or do we do his feast days? Are we allowed to eat pork and shellfish now? 
Or do we keep the dietary law that he's made for mankind for all eternity? I say we do. There's a lot more to it. But it's really simple changes. And you'll end up finding that, wow, it's rest for your soul. So if you have more questions, please see our basics playlist. Let's see. A, uh, let's see our basics playlist. <clears throat> Uh, right here, new here. Here's how you can catch up quickly. Here's some. Yeah, I think this is some of the uh, playlists I was mentioning earlier. The basics. If you're new and you're like, okay, I want to be in. I want to get in. I don't know what to do. Check out this basics playlist. Check out this entering the kingdom of Yahweh playlist. Check out the biblical cosmology playlist. Check out this. I mean, this 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 section right here would be for you. Let's finish with this. Isaiah 66, 15-20 For behold, Yahuwah will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with his fury and rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword... You know what? Let's read the Targums with the restored name. For behold, Yahuwah shall be revealed with fire and his chariots as a whirlwind to render his anger with his fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will Yahuwah judge all flesh, and the slain shall be many before Yahuwah. They who prepare and purify themselves in the gardens of idols, multitude after multitude, eating swine's flesh, pork, pig. 70% of all meat consumed on the earth today is pork. Eating pork, flesh, and the abomination of the mouse shall be consumed together, says Yahuwah. That would make any should make anybody think twice about ah well it's just bacon he's not is he gonna throw me into hell because of bacon? It says he's gonna destroy you. I think it's time to quit the bacon. I don't think it's worth it's worth it. What do you think? You pray on it. Take it to him. Their works and their thoughts are revealed before me. I will gather all people, nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. And I will set a sign among them, and will send those that escape of them. Among the nations, to, to the province of the sea, to pull and to lud, that draw the bow and to smite it, to the province of Tubal and Javan, the isles that are far off, that have not heard the fame of my might, neither have seen my glory, but they shall declare, declare my glory among the nations, and they shall bring all your brethren out of all nations as an offering before Yahweh upon horses and in chariots and in litters, upon mules, yea, with songs unto my set-apart mountain in Yerushalayim, says Yahuwah, as the children of Yashrael bring an offering into a clean vessel into the house of the sanctuary of Yahuwah. And I'll also take of them to be priests and Levites, says Yahuwah. And I think this is talking about those that escape of the nations. But with that being said, brothers and sisters, I pray that uh, something in here was maybe a blessing for you. Uh, maybe you learned something new. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it confirmed things you already knew. Not sure. Either way, I pray that uh, just if nothing else, maybe we got to abide in his word together and to study out together which is such an, such a blessing that he's allowed us to do this in these last days and I pray that he'd allow this ministry and many others that speak boldly for the truth in the last days to uh, stay here until the very last moment so let's pray after we pray I want to play a song that actually has a lot to do with the kings and the mighty of this earth that uh, uh, it's a song that brother Jake and I did um, um, 
what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Uh, the voice from the th voice from the throne. So I pray that it blesses you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahweh Most High, we come before you and bless you and thank you for all that you do, Father. Thank you for sending us your Son that we have life and forgiveness and reconciliation. We thank you for the cleansing of our sins. We thank you for opening our eyes to truth in these last days, Father. And I pray that anybody that may have listened to this tonight that um, may be new to this walk, I pray that you'd give them understanding and cultivation for their heart and give them a desire to search you out with everything that they have, Father, and to continue in your love and your purity and the faith and the walk. We love you, Father, and we pray for Messiah Yahushua's return and that we may be found worthy when he comes back and to be in your kingdom in New Jerusalem forevermore. We long to see you. In Yahushua's mighty name, hallelujah, amen, and Shabbat Shalom. Best day of the week. Uh, let's listen to Voice from the Throne. It actually has a lot to do with tonight, so praise you. i 
Yeah. 